Hi, I'm Britt Vasacek. I'm the host of Poly You Wanna Podcast. I'm not a professional counselor, nor am I a professional polyamorous person. Poly Wanna Podcast is a collection of stories, opinions, and perspectives about the polyamorous lifestyle. The voices you hear, including the host, offer their subjective interpretations and don't intend to convince you or shame you. We're just letting you into our vulnerable and complicated little worlds. Brought to you by the Mockingbird Network. Hi, this is Britt Vosichak, the host of Polywana Podcast. Thank you guys for joining us. I'm here with my lovely guest, Mrs. X. Mrs. Triple X, that Mrs. is. Mrs. Triple X. <laughs> uh, Mrs. X has a job. She's in a field where she cannot be open about being polyamorous. Um, so we're going to interview her. We've blurred her face as well. Her face is completely blurred. <laughs> I can't even see her. Um, and we changed her voice a little to make her sound more feminine. Do you send, give us give us a little test? Hello, my name is Mrs. X. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I sound like this. <laughs> <laughs> good, good. You sound great. Awesome. I'm so excited for you to be here. How do um, how do you feel about not being able to be out of the closet? How does that make you feel? Um, it's difficult because. Definitely, it's hard to not be able to be 100% who you are out in public, but I understand the limits of the other members of my profession, and I'm smart enough to where I can live my life, but also have my career, and Mm -hmm. so it's been fine, but it's definitely limiting to not be able to be 100% myself. Yeah, that sounds like the worst. Luckily, I'm incredibly irresponsible and would never have that problem. <laughs> well, I envy you in a lot of ways. Yeah? Mm-hmm. I don't think you should. Um, <laughs> tell me a little bit about your childhood. You can't talk to your parents about it either. I can't. Um, both of my parents are incredibly conservative, religious, evangelicals. My dad, in fact, is the music pastor at a local church here in Houston, So I grew up in either the Baptist or the Presbyterian church. Great combination. Great combination. I had the crazy rapture enthusiasts on one side and then the Calvinists on the other. Mm -hmm. Only the elect are going to heaven. What are you? Are you the elect? I don't think I'm the elect because... I don't want to be the elect, frankly. Oh, there you go. (laughs) That's an easy way to determine. (laughs) Exactly. So uh, growing up in the church, I definitely had a sex-negative, repressed background and wasn't able to really explore my sexuality until I was on my own, Mm -hmm. Um, somewhat in high school, but mostly in college. So some could say I'm a late bloomer. I just think that it's part of my story and I'm going to accept that. So. Yeah, I think it did. a. I mean, not, I don't, it probably wasn't positive at the time, but mm-hmm. I think it had a positive effect. Definitely. Cause I could explore, um, in a place where I was a little more mature so I could make dis- healthy decisions, safe decisions, and yet, um, be who I fully wanted to be. Mm-hmm. That's so cute. That's mm-hmm. so sweet. Way to spin that. Thank you. From like that. Yeah. Everyone hated <laughs> sex all the time. And no, that's good. At least you were positive. Cause sometimes people get super repressed in their childhood and then they like escape. Right. And then they're like, whoa. And they, you know, get knocked up like immediately and they like go crazy. Right. And I was, I was luckily, lucky enough to be, um, <sighs> cries. <laughs> 
No, I was just always a very logical, very even-handed person, mm. even as a child. And so, you know, when I grew up and I was busting out of my Christian roots, I still wanted to be responsible. So that's hilarious. I was spared a lot of the gory things that come from experimentation when you're young. Um, not to say that I didn't have my share of hangups and heartaches, which I'm sure we'll get into a little bit later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, we're always, everyone has hangups and heartaches. Yeah, that for sure. spans all of, uh, so you're queer as well. Yes. How did I am. that, I'm sure that came about before the poly part, right? It did. I've always known that I was attracted to both males and females. But again, growing up in a conservative household, that was a big no no. Mm-hmm. And, um, so I rep- repressed that for a lot of my, childhood and even a lot of my adulthood because um in college I had almost exclusively monogamous relationships with males and so I never had the opportunity to actually be with a female and so that part has been absent for me for a long time um and the great thing about Polly is that I can... Here's a commercial. Here's a commercial. I can be with multiple partners and satisfy both sides of my sexual desires and do it in a safe and healthy way, which Mm -hmm. is amazing. And if I was monogamous, I would either have to be with a guy or I'd have to be with a girl. But in this case, um, and I have such a great partner, we're going to call him Mr. X. Mr. XXX. Mr. XXX, because he's also in the same profession as me, mm-hmm. and wouldn't be good if we came out on this podcast, but um, Mr. X is very accepting of my queerness and encourages it, so I'm a very lucky girl in that respect. Yeah, that's really great. That's awesome. So mm-hmm. was it was it, what was the transition? Did you and Mr. X start out monogamous? Were you poly before that? What was your polyamorous initiation? I had never heard of poly until Mr. X. Mr. X and I started dating, um, about three and a half years ago. And we started out casually grew into a more exclusive thing, but we had never talked about poly and I had never frankly been exposed to poly. Um, as a result of my background. And oh, you mean in that religious environment, no one ever thought to tell you about ethical non-monogamy? <laughs> I know, right? It's shocking. But I had never really heard about it or knew what it was about until Mr. X and I took a break, mm-hmm. but decided... We were on a break! I know, so tragic. Um, <laughs> but then about a month after being on a break and still, you know, cuddling and being emotionally intimate during that time, we decided, you know what, we want to be together. We're better together, but we don't want to have constraints on a relationship. We, I, cause I was just starting my schooling at the time. And so, uh, you know, we wanted to have outlets to meet other people and be with other people if we wanted to. So we delved into this poly world mm-hmm. that I had never before heard of, but he and music was playing and people were everywhere. It was like a bazaar. Oh, and birds were chirping mm-hmm. and it was gorgeous. It was incredible. But it was actually really hard because I had never been exposed to this. And I read the book, The Ethical Slut. Good one. Which is great. And mm-hmm. if you're interested in Polly, it's a great 
book to give you an intro into it. So I read The Ethical Slut and learned what it was all about and thought, you know what, even if I don't decide not to have multiple partners, this is a great way to think about relationships in general. Mm -hmm. And I want to be a part of this. Yeah, that's a huge thing I try to communicate to monogamous people is even if you don't want to open up your relationship, if you mm-hmm. could live your life like a polyamorous person with like the always checking in on boundaries and needs and stuff like that. Absolutely. It yeah. just makes you it makes you a better person and a better communicator. Um it and it helps you learn so much about yourself mm-hmm. because I a lot of looking inward. A lot of looking inward because you have to look inward to know what are my needs? What do I need from myself? What do I need from my partners? Um, And if you're experiencing insecurities or jealousy or any negative things, it's a great chance to self-examine and think, um, where is this coming from? What can I do about it? Do I need support? And Mm -hmm. so it's been such an amazing way to approach my life and my relationships. What do you think the biggest difficulty was in in the relationship polyamorously and otherwise? Because you guys took a break from poly. We did. Um, We dated others casually, but nobody really stuck. And do you just throw partners against a wall and if they stick, they're done? Yeah. Like those sticky hands that you get in the vending machines when you're a kid. Yeah. Um, (laughs) And if they're shitty and cheap, then they don't stick. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like that. But... (laughs) I'm really? so glad you're anonymous. All the people that dated you were like, oh my gosh, she just called me a shitty and cheap <laughs> sticky wall hand. Right. I hope all of you are listening, by the way. Um, <laughs> but anyways, the hardest part for me is definitely the jealousy and the insecurity mm-hmm. because they're One and the same. I know. And because there are so many things in my background and for me as a female person who deals with mental illness of various, various degrees, um, just have a lot of personal hangups that make it hard to have multiple romantic or intimate people in my life or to deal with my primary partner having multiple intimate or otherwise people in his life. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, that's definitely the most difficult part. Even still? Even still, yeah. Yeah, I feel like that's... And jealousy really is, and insecurity, it's a journey that you kind of like, once you get through a level of it, there's another one right underneath. You know what I mean? Absolutely. It's like, oh yeah, this is okay. And then it's like, oh shit, what was this? I didn't even know this was here. And it just starts like falling from the ceiling. Right. Yeah. But it leads to a lot of self-exploration and healthiness. Do you feel like... I feel like now you're kind of adding being polyamorous into that journey. Absolutely. Of recovery. Yeah. So a little bit into my background for all of the listeners. For those listening at home. (laughs) For those listening at home. I have suffered from bulimia for the last six years and recently endeavored to actually recover and be my true healthy self once again. And so, um, snaps for Mrs. X snaps for Mrs. X. So I'm so proud of you. (laughs) Thank you. I might cry a little bit too, because it really is incredible because I went from a broken, um, shell of a person to actually regaining some semblance of self-worth 
which I haven't had for a long time. Mm. And so with that regaining of self-worth and with that reclaiming of I am a person who is valuable and my needs are worth meeting, that has allowed me to transition back into, okay, poly could be a thing for me. I could deal with it if my partner with somebody else was with somebody else. And, you know, I personally want to be with somebody else too. So how are we going to navigate this? But I have the basic foundation of, so my needs are worth meeting. And so I'm going to go for it. Yeah. Go for meeting your needs with your partner and with other people. Mm -hmm. That's so sweet. I feel like that's what polyamory is there for. Mm -hmm. Like as that safety net of like when shit hits the fan and like things aren't going right and you don't feel worth it. There's a network of people that love you romantically and otherwise that like want to help you feel better. Um, what, what inspired you to get treatment? Well, I, so I've been bulimic for a long time, but this past summer I was studying for my big exam that you take when you want to be licensed in this particular profession that I'm in that I'm not going to mention. Um, so I spent months literally studying, eating, vomiting over and over and over again and was very unhealthy emotionally and physically. I had gotten to my lowest weight of my life and was ill in every sense of the word and my relationships were suffering. Everything was suffering. It's like the illness was destroying my life literally and Literally the day after I took the exam, I was going on a road trip with my partner and we were just outside of San Antonio and my body started to convulse and I went into almost a full body Charlie horse, I would describe it. And I couldn't move. I couldn't talk. My limbs were literally curling up into, into themselves. And it was a little bug. Like a little bug, like a little roly-poly. Oh, goodness. That's exactly how it was. And it was terrifying. And I thought I was going to die. And my sweet Mr. X drove me to the nearest hospital. And we did a bunch of tests. And turns out my potassium levels were so low Mm. as a result of the purging that I was having these involuntary muscle contractions. Goodness. Yeah. And it was, it was a huge wake up call for me because never before had it been so real that I could actually die from this. And I had been slowly building up to, you know, this is destroying my life, but never it's actually destroying my life because I could die at any time. So after that, um, it was a huge turning point for me that if I want to be alive, be well, um, have healthy, meaningful relationships, have a healthy, meaningful career. I've got to take care of this. Mm -hmm. So that was the impetus. What is treatment like? Treatment is different for everybody. I was in a a treatment center here in Houston. That's incredible. If you want to know about it, if you suffer from an eating disorder, um, you can email. Yeah. Email Brit and she'll give you the info. But I went to what's called intensive outpatient. And so I went to the treatment center three days a week for four hours at a time. Mm -hmm. And I had a personal therapist, personal dietitian, and then I would go to group therapy 
and they call them therapeutic meals. Basically, we all just eat together. That's and so that's so sweet. It's incredible because we talk about our we talk about our feelings before and our feelings after. Because mm-hmm. mealtime can be very traumatic for eating disorder sufferers of all kinds. Um, so it was great to learn to process our feelings about food instead yeah. of just stuffing them down. So um, that's so cool. It was amazing. I was there for three months and. It was the most difficult three months of my life, but the most rewarding. And it's propelled me into a really bright future, for sure. That's awesome. That's so good. Mm-hmm. I would love for any listeners that are that are struggling to definitely seek treatment, because I know that that's very difficult. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't wait until you're convulsing to uh, try oh, to yeah, figure that out. Oh, yeah, please don't. Please um, don't. All of you who are listening, no matter how you're feeling right now, you're so worth treatment. You're so worth recovery. And it took me a really long time to realize that, but um, seriously, you're worth it. And if you're having trouble, please reach out. That's so sweet. So tell me about your partner in all of this. How's Mr. X? Mr. X is phenomenal. He's the best. Yes. And um, so Mr. X got us into Polly and... Walked you through recovery. Walked me through recovery for sure. And not to say that it wasn't difficult for him because obviously if your partner is dealing with such intense physical and emotional pain, then, you know, I I just couldn't be there for him emotionally and physically as much as he needed. So it's been a huge journey for us together in recovery to figure out how we're going to support each other and meet both of our needs. Cause definitely during the time that I was struggling with the eating disorder so deeply and during recovery he was not getting his needs met mm-hmm. by me and so um interestingly interestingly enough Polly kind of came in at that time and saved the day with a cape on kind of save the day with a cape on it was <laughs> it was a villain that took off its mask and revealed a hero that is true though so our journey back into Polly was actually very rocky because Mr. X, um, in confusion and desperation from going so long, being emotionally neglected by me, um, he had reached out to, can I talk about you? Yes. Okay. I I would love to. This is the fun part. This is why we're here. This is why we're here. Okay. (laughs) So Mr. X had actually reached out to Brit. That's me. Yes. And it was shitty because he didn't tell me about it. And, um, it was on OkCupid. It was on OkCupid. I received a message, mm-hmm. and it was this guy, a polyamorous guy, that was like, I have a primary, I had a primary partner at that time. And so he was like, I really like that you have a primary partner because I spend so much time with my primary, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. I invited him to a comedy show mm-hmm. so I could meet him and his partner <laughs> that I was excited to meet both of. And he's like, oh, I have a prior engagement. I can't make it. Mm-hmm. And then this is where Mr. and Mrs. X appear at a comedy show. I didn't know that you were there. I didn't know you were there. I didn't know he was there. And I frankly did not know about you. You didn't even know who I was. I had no idea that he was talking to you or anything. That he was on OkCupid even? That he was on OkCupid even. Oh, I feel like such a slut. No, please don't. (laughs) Uh, Don't take this as anything negative towards you. And so we went to the show and Brit was funny as shit and sexy as hell. It It was was an amazing show. show. And after the show, Mr. X came clean to me that he had met 
Brit on OkCupid and that she had invited him to this show. And it was really heartbreaking to me because in a poly lifestyle, you communicate these sorts of things. Before they become a betrayal. Yes, before they become a betrayal. And so, you know, I was really heartbroken that he had gone so far as to make a profile, engage with a person, but then fucking bring me to the show without knowing. It was yeah. like a psychopath thing to do. It was, yeah. I called but, him a sociopath many a time yeah. after hearing about this. This is how I found out. Mr. X sent me this like long series of text messages about like your history and his history mm-hmm. and, you know, stuff like that. Um, and he was like, and I would really like to continue our friendship, but I don't think that like romance is in the cards. Yeah. And then, you know, we went to brunch a couple times, tried to be friends. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was like, here's the deal. I definitely feel like a mistress right now and I'm mm-hmm. not comfortable. And all the while I'm thinking, I didn't even know you yet. Right. I'm thinking poor Mrs. X sitting at home wondering, like, how I I can't imagine how you would have thought that any regular normal friendship could come out of that situation, you know? Right. And that's a great point because at that point I was really struggling with jealousy and lack of trust because he had just lied to your, lied your head off. <laughs> yes. And so you, you and your relationship with Mr. X were presented to me in the cloak of deception and hurt. Mm-hmm. And so it was really difficult for me to be okay with all that. But at the same time, it was a great opportunity for Mr. X and I as, you know, life partners. I don't say that lightly. He's my life partner to examine what is wrong here. That's made him do that. Mm -hmm. Um, How can we create balance here so that that's not an issue? Um, How do we build back up trust which is so important in poly, you got to trust your partners. Um, and where do we go from here? And so after that scenario, but it, it was, I'm so thankful for it because it was the perfect push to cause us to think about these hard things and really that had been not talked or thought about in a long time. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So actually very healthy relationship changes resulted from that much in the same way, your awful Christian childhood. Exactly. Resulted in your healthy exploration of your (laughs) sexuality. Exactly. And I'm so pleased with how everything turned out because um, through it, I got to meet Britt in person. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How did we meet for the first time? Dinner? No. I went to your dad's funeral. Oh, yeah. Remember? See, this is this is why this is so crazy because we didn't know each other at all. I was already like in love with you though. Because- yeah, we had we had shared such intimate experiences from afar, and then the first time I met you was at your dad's funeral. Yes, it's crazy. I, yeah, I like repressed it. Yeah, I was like, oh, I wish we were meeting under more happy yeah. circumstances. Yeah, and I brought you flowers. The flowers were beautiful, and it was sweet. Mm-hmm. I and cried then- so much that day. And you, you did. Yeah, it was great. But you were very brave. And I started to fall in love with you that day Aww. because you were so brave. And then oh, what was it that you said? She's being so brave in the face of all of this religious like mumbo jumbo or yeah. something. It was a very <laughs> Catholic service. Oh man, that's funny. Yeah, very good. And then we invited you to a dinner party at our home. 
the next night which was very fun which was very fun i met another poly couple the names of which i'm not sure i can disclose but they're uh, great too yeah they're um, amazing and yeah it was all very nice it felt very like a polycule-esque that whole night uh, yeah it was a good night it was wonderful and intimate and i started to get to know you Britt, as a person and fall in love with you as a person mm. rather than someone on the other end of a screen that was like <laughs> the root of all evil Right. And I never, I never thought of you as the root of all evil, but it was definitely, you were definitely the cause of a lot of jealousy and insecurity for me. But, you know, again, I'll say it was healthy. It was healthy for it me to think about those things. Mm -hmm. Yes. And it ended up in me meeting you in person and being so much more enriched by knowing you and, you know, having you in my life. So it's incredible. Good. I'd like to say, yeah, I think that I do. I think Mr. X could handle things a little better. Definitely. But and he, and he will be the first to acknowledge that for mm -hmm. sure. Yeah. He was very, you know, apologetic. Oh my gosh, what have I done? Yes. You know, and very sweet. And I think both of us trying to like find a, a healthy way to, to build trust back and realizing that it would be delicate. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, I think that the net, gain of the whole situation is so positive that I hardly ever think about because it is kind of outrageous but you know it was just and everything moved so quickly following that it was right. like we all very we clicked very well and it was just so sweet um that everyone's needs got filled even though like those needs were expressed in a toxic way kind of yes started out being toxic and then it became very very healthy absolutely and I'm so thankful that we had a an outlet or a platform to explore those things and not just completely write each other off. Yeah. Because then, you know, the, things wouldn't be the way they are today if we had had something shitty happen and then written each other off, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Which I think, I don't know, it's easy to run away from something like that, but I think it does take a polyamorous heart mm -hmm. to look at that situation and be like, okay, where do we need to go to solve this? Yeah. You know, what, what are our boundaries? What do, what are we feeling right now? Mm -hmm. And it does really make you, I just, a moment of, I'm going to pour one out for <laughs> all of the mono people that never have to look at their insecurities because they think jealousy is just this thing that you're supposed to feel, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and then just take that jealousy and think, oh, my partner is the cause of that jealousy. So I'm going to leave my partner and like, yeah. Ugh, like how sad must that be? But Hey, if you're mono, you know, do you, do you, I'm sure there's, <laughs> yeah, you, you know, you're healthy, jealousy, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. No, I think monogamy is great, but I think specifically because I am in a polyamorous relationship, polyamory is way better for me at least. Yeah, definitely. Are you happy with your relationship now? I am. So I'm with spoiler alert. We're all dating. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Mr. X and I are dating Brit super cute this super morning cute. at brunch mm -hmm. she looked into my eyes and she said mr x and i would like to invite you to be in a polycule yeah mm. and it was so sweet and then we went shopping at a vintage clothing store and we got coffee and it was great it was so fun it was super sweet it it played out exactly the way that i wanted it to mm -hmm. it was good and i'm glad you said yes yeah <laughs> because i was also a little bit scared to say nah 
I don't want to date a couple. Gross. <laughs> but, there is that fear. I have this. I normally don't date couples, and here's mm -hmm. why. Um, there's something called a unicorn. For mm -hmm. those listening at home, a unicorn is like this bisexual woman who's solo poly that couples bring into the relationship, usually for sex, sometimes for like sex and shopping. Uh, <laughs> and it's it's just it's kind of like this couple's way of bringing a girl in, and then that's the only part of polyamory that they subscribe to, and they kind of use that girl. Um, so, there, and there's a lot of like negative stuff about being right. a unicorn. Uh, it's very superficial and some women like being a unicorn and that's good for those women. Cause you know, they get to have a sexual outlet. They get to be with a woman and man at the same time and not have to worry about any of the emotional things that come with that because it is difficult when you have three people all dating like that, that can become, as you can tell by this episode, <laughs> right? <laughs> it can become very convoluted and some women don't want that. But for me, I really want to have a fulfilling emotional relationship with both of the people that I'm seeing. And most couples can't offer me that, but Mr. And Mrs. X can, because they are so full of love mm -hmm. and they are so full of compassion and love for each other. And when we all get together, it's like exponentially lovey and it's great. And it just, it glows. I can feel it. Can you feel it? I can definitely feel it. Listeners at home, can you feel it? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's really good. Uh, so what would your message be? Um, I guess not even just for monogamous people, but I think that for people that I, I know a lot of people that have tried polyamory and it hasn't worked for reasons mm -hmm. that, you know, are very common, like jealousy and insecurity. Um, and then there are people that are poly that aren't really communicating and maybe have betrayal. Like what would your message be for people that aren't as happy as us? <laughs> I'm kidding. We got very lucky. We are very lucky. And I would say as a baseline, uh, love yourself, be comfortable with yourself. Um, express self-love, meet your needs, um, but then expand it and find people who you trust and who you love and who want to support you in the ways that you want to be supported. Um, and yeah, I just, I feel so lucky. So it's hard for me to give advice because things have fallen yeah. so well into and place for me, but normally um, how it happens. I think you can't just get up and go find perfect yeah, but this is but this would be for poly or mono people. Just um, love yourself and be with people who make you want to be the best version of yourself. Um, and that could be one person, that could be multiple people, but whoever they are, make sure that um, they are for you and good for you and love you and support you. Mm -hmm. And on your side. On your side, yeah. That's really sweet. And that's something I don't think that gets touched on enough, actually. Because mm -hmm. there's always, like, communicate with your partner. Find the partner that does this. You know, mm -hmm. be sure that you're not crossing any of your partner's boundaries. Uh, but it is so important to know what you want and practice self-love. Yes, absolutely. That's so good. Bubble baths. Bubble baths. Self-love, guys. Yeah. Bubble baths, movies, wine. Yep. Get your nails done, Chica. Mm -hmm. Do it. <laughs> Practice self-love. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Mrs. X, for being here. Thank you for having me. It's been awesome. What a great way to kick off our beautiful relationship. I know. 
Dude, this is crazy. I talking love about it. everything. Um, and hopefully Mr. X will listen to this and be inclined to be on the show as well. And you guys, if you're demonizing him, don't. Yes, please don't demonize Mr. X. But- Mr. X has made right with all parties involved. Yes, he, and he's gone out of his way to do so. Out of his way, absolutely. And he's an amazing person. And Mr. X, I love you. Whenever you listen to this, I love you. Oh, I love you too, Mr. X. And um, he can come share his side of the story and his experience. Yeah. And if you guys want to talk to us, um, or particularly me on the other side of the microphone, I would love to have you on. You can email me at pollywantapodcast at gmail.com. It's P-O-L-Y. And then Wana is spelled like Wana with W-A-N-N-A. Uh, so pollywantapodcast at gmail.com. Or if you want to tweet us, it's pollywantapodcast because it was too many characters to do Pollywana podcast. Um, so please tweet me, email me. I want to have you on. If you have a story you want to share, I'd love to read it on the air um, or on the recording because we're not in a studio. So thank you guys so much. Thank you to the Houston Polyamorous Organization for making sure that we get this studio time and sponsoring us. You can go to HoustonPoly.org and read some articles that I have written um, and that other poly people have written that are so yummy. So thank you for listening and have a good day. I love you. Bye. I'm Britt Vasacek with Polywana Podcast. Are you interested in polyamory? Do you even know what polyamory is? You can tune in to Polywana Podcast. We interview comedians, counselors, and regular people to get a peek inside of the world of open relationships and ethical non-monogamy. I'm really fascinated by the conversations that I have with these people, and I'm really excited to share those conversations with you. You can find Polywana Podcast at bulletbrit.com or at the Mockingbird Network. Mocking Bird Network.